You're listening to Mischief Media. Red and green alert, non-plus listeners. It's only a week until Christmas. But don't worry, we have the perfect last-minute gift for the liquor lover in your life. It's Shaker and Spoon, the subscription box that sends monthly cocktail ideas and ingredients centered around a single spirit and theme. It's the perfect thing to be remembered as the best gift giver at the responsibly masked and vaxxed white elephant party. Gifting with Shaker and Spoon is great. Your giftee gets an email with your personalized message at the time of your choosing, and they can claim it at any time. And if you're like me and love the ceremony of gift giving, they have delightful little printables for in-person presentation. Just use the code NONPLUS to get $20 off your first order, including subscriptions up to 12 months. Go to shakerandspoon.com, and when you're ordering, enter code N-O-N-P-L-U-S-S-E-D at checkout to get $20 off your first order from Shaker and Spoon. I'll drink to that. And one for fa-la-la-la-la, la-la Mahler. Check, check. Check, check. All right. Um, anything to say before we dive in? Uh, no. Let's get it over with. If that's, I mean, <laughs> if this is foretelling anything, I don't, it's weird. I don't, I, it, it, uh. episode of non plus a gay romp through the disney plus vault that over there is my husband clancy oh and over there behind this monitor is my husband josh and we are non a mischief media podcast hello all we're sorry we missed you last time yes very much so clancy I, was on prescription strength narcotics yeah i had a, a kidney <laughs> baby that i was trying to pass yeah uh, still waiting on it still hey. waiting on that but hey the pain was intense and while the idea of hearing an episode of this while Clancy's hopped up on hydrocodone might sound in, in engaging and entertaining, he's, I don't want to say he's dull, y'all, but he just slows to a drip. The lovable, pokey, <laughs> sparky, fun Clancy you know just fades away I just become under a morphine. <laughs> <laughs> so we opted to just skip a week. Why not? It's the holiday season. We gave ourselves some time off. Um, all you missed was Noel. That's the only thing. We'll just save it for next year. Yeah, we will. Um, because how could we not take time to criticize the monstrosity that is this film? But before we do that, um, first up, some quick housekeeping. Mischief merch, of course. I know, again, it's only a week until Christmas. You probably have already done all your purchasing. But if you forgot someone, there's a geek in your life you just want to get one more present for. Yeah. Trust me, mischiefmerch.com is the place to go. They've got their mischief gift guide up at the top. For the Potter fan, the MCU fan, the Broadway fan, and the true crime enthusiast, there's this new Mr. Rogers Quantum Realm gear that they've got for the MCU line. All sorts of goodies. And if you use code NONPLUS10, you'll get 10% off any of our stuff and any of the MCU stuff, right? Yep. Yep, Yep. exactly. They also have gift cards that are immediately downloadable as a a gift certificate. So, like, if, if you are up against the wire... You've got uh, denominations of 10, 25, 50 or $100 that you can get from there. Yeah. So if you know exactly what you want and happens to be MCU or nonplus inspired, use nonplus 10, get 10% off. Yep. Um, otherwise, get this gift card, give it to the geekier choice. Tell them about the discount code. Exactly. So that they can make their gift card go a little bit further. All that and more at mischiefmerch.com. All right. Just some super quick 
Uh, Disney Plus related news. We've got uh, uh, an arrival date for Eternals. Yes, it's coming out January 12th, 2022. Yes. So it, um, I think it's a month from when we were recording this. Yeah. So it's, behind a curtain. We do these. Uh, we try to do these a week out. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll get Eternals in a month. Hell yeah, bitch. I'm super, super excited. Super stoked. And I know our, our new roommate, Patrick, hasn't seen it yet. No. So it'll be really exciting to sit down on the couch next to someone who hasn't seen it and like get it through fresh eyes again. Exactly. Also, we know that there's a Shang-Chi sequel and series in the works. Oh, shit. Yes. Um, Destin Daniel Cretton, who directed, um, he just signed an exclusive deal with Marvel mm-hmm. to do development. We've got it from Deadline. Nice. Um, but yeah, he's already developing, um, a new series for Disney plus. And then, uh, yeah, they're, they're already on deck for another Shang-Chi movie. That's rad. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm super excited. I really, I mean, I've watched Shang-Chi maybe three or four times. Uh, I, I'll just casually out. put it on during work. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's really fun and it's really good. Like I, I, I like this sort of, I, I, I don't want to say return to form, but I like that this is just centered around one hero it's fresh right and we're getting new information not compounding information yeah, you know what i mean it's in terms like, of how you're receiving the story exactly it's not like we're trying to like okay let's see how all these different avengers and uh, superheroes mesh together yeah and this is very much like hey let's get to know a new person yeah and, i mean that's you know that's kind of what we're getting with hawkeye right now too absolutely which is really great so like I- i'm here for this kind of content thank you yeah we're loving hawkeye we're mm-hmm. four episodes in at time of recording yeah by the time you hear this there will have been a fifth mm-hmm. um the penultimate episode as it were yeah and then we've also got tickets already for spider-man for next weekend so you'll get our opinions <laughs> on that before the end of the year yes for sure oh it's just there's a lot going on in terms of content y'all. There, there is definitely a lot um, but let's get to it as usual our research is uh, from none other than Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Box Office Mojo. Yeah. All right, Clancy, what, what have we gotten ourselves into this week? Well, this week we are doing a Muppet Christmas. Nope. We're doing just a Christmas Carol. Just a Christmas Carol. <laughs> the, uh, this was released November 6th, 2009, uh, written and directed by Robert Zemeckis. Now, Zemeckis has done a lot of writing and directing and producing interchangeably yes. through his history. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're wondering, yes, he did write and direct the Polar Express with Tom Hanks that was just like this, all the CG, 3D, right. uh, hullabaloo. But we've also talked about him on this podcast before with who Frey Roger Rabbit. Yes. Um, he also did uh, Death Becomes Her, uh, which he directed. He directed Forrest Gump. Um, he did that recent Witches that came out. That's right. Yeah. And there's an upcoming Disney Pinocchio. Oh, so okay. we're going to get more of whatever this is. Um, well, hopefully it, it seems looks better. really hit or miss because <laughs> there's some stuff. I mean, fucking who framed Roger Rabbit was we talked about it. It was we talked about it with Nina. Nina yeah. West. Pure art in that execution this the r&d that went into who framed roger rabbit and how they were doing that process and like you know trying to make it seem like he uh um what's his name uh the, bob the main, hoskins bob hoskins Eddie? yeah was interacting with these uh animated characters in a live space like really sold it and like they really focused on that but this just looks like it was run through a poor uh knockoff of render man yeah and uh, yeah. A poor knockoff of Renderman. I'll yeah. let you get there. I know you we'll, took your we'll notes. Get into, we'll get into it when we get into it. I was just setting you yeah. up for a future conversation. For sure. Um, in the cast, we've got Jim Carrey as Ebenezer Scrooge and also uh, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and yet to come. Yep. Uh, we've got Gary Oldman playing Bob Cratchit, um, Scrooge's employee, and Jacob Marley, who's the ghost of Scrooge's former business partner. We've got Colin Firth as Fred, Scrooge's cheerful nephew and only living relative. Uh, Bob Hoskins is played by Nigel Feswig. Nope. Other way. 
Bob Hoskin plays Mr. Fezziwig. Okay. Bob Hoskin plays uh, Mr. Nigel Fezziwig. Um, Scrooge's old boss and old Joe offense who buys uh, the belongings to the deceased Scrooge and Mrs. Dilbert. <laughs> Robin Wright as fan, Scrooge's sister, Anne Bell, Scrooge's neglected fiance. Carrie Elways as the portly gentleman, number one, Dick Wilkins, Mad Fiddler, and the guest, number two, businessman, number one. Lots of, lots of background. Yeah. Uh, Elways also could act as a stand-in for Scrooge or the ghost of Christmas past present scenes uh, where these characters appeared together as well as portrayed by Jim Carrey. As they were all portrayed by Jim Carrey. <laughs> he basically, anytime Carrey was staging himself for a ghost scene, Elways would step in for the ghost. Got it. Okay. And then Finola Flanagan as Mrs. Jill Dilber Scrooge's charwoman and probably the most charming character in the film. Yeah. Even when she's selling his shit at the end, I, I still kind of <laughs> like her. Had you seen this before we watched it for the show? No, neither had I. I mean, of course we know the story. We even talked last last year about how well Muppet Christmas Carol tied into the original yes. um, in some scenes. Uh, this does the same thing, but that's, that's not the point as far as I'm concerned. It's also not um, a musical. It's obviously it's not a musical. Um, it's almost a visual novel that I'm watching someone else play. Um, yeah, but you're right. Let's get into it. In 1836, Jacob Marley dies on Christmas Eve in London, leaving behind only his old and miserly business partner, Ebenezer Scrooge. Seven years later, on Christmas Eve in 1843, Scrooge refuses to partake in the merriment of Christmas, declining his nephew Fred's invitation to dinner and rejecting two gentlemen's offer to collect money for charity. Loyal employee Bob Cratchit asks Scrooge for a day off on Christmas to spend time with his family, to which Scrooge reluctantly agrees. That night, Scrooge encounters the ghost of Jacob Marley bound in heavy chains, who warns Scrooge to repent of his wicked ways or he will be condemned to an even worse fate. Marley informs Scrooge that he will be haunted by three spirits who will guide him away from his miserable existence. Okay, so the first thing that I want to say, how long do you think this should have taken to get to this point? Uh, much shorter than it did. Yeah, with 17 <laughs> minutes is how long it took to get to the ghosts. And yeah. that is way too long and a lot of this was the point where because i instantly pulled up it's it's public domain you can find the story for a christmas carol anywhere online i was i was like i don't remember there being this much description of marley's death slash funeral at the top even though it does open with marley was dead yeah and i went back and there's mention of his funeral and it's very conversational the way that the story starts yeah which is why when we talked about this with the muppets that's why they had the interim and a narrator figure yeah for um, sure which i'll mention again once we get to the end but uh yeah they're they're making a meal of the world building here in the original it's like two paragraphs but I mean, this film clocked in just over 90 minutes and it feels like so much of it was fluff. Yeah, it was 133 minutes. Yeah. And, or sorry, an hour and 33 minutes. That's what I meant to say. 96 minutes total. Yeah. 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 yeah it was way. They it was were bloated. It was bloated. It, why are we having these long shots on? I'm just going to start these characters that don't look very good. They don't. I mean, it's. It the the opening is pretty, and I feel like they put a lot of detail into like hooking you in right away. Yeah, and that was my first note was the that page, oh yeah, this is kind of pretty. Yeah, and that page to animation transition was gorgeous, mm -hmm. where it was kind of like the page was 
lifting up and the characters were coming out of those wood etchings. Yeah. I would have preferred if that were the overall art style. If everything looked like it was a wood etching from a book, yeah. that would have allowed them, I think, to get away with how fake everything looked. Because yeah. obviously the technology could not uh, achieve the verisimilitude they were hoping for. Honestly, this looks like a cutscene in a video game, like a modern video video game now. Yeah. Um, but they forgot getting, to like, turn Assassin's on the ray tracing. Yeah. 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 It, it, Explain it, again what ray tracing is. I think you covered it on one episode, but if you could do it top level. Yeah. So so ray tracing is basically the it, tracing the light as it bounces off of the objects into the camera. So if you think about ray tracing is that the camera is looking out, it is trying to grab all of the light that would be bouncing off of those reflections and putting them into the camera in, in the most like basics of terms, right? Yeah. So Wikipedia says it's a technique for modeling light transport for use in a wide variety of rendering algorithms for generating digital images. The, I don't know that that's any clearer than what you not, just said. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the <laughs> concept of what makes it, what makes it, good is that when you have an object in a scene if a light is hitting that object and that object is say colored red that light will then be changed by the color that it is reflecting off of onto other surfaces so you know because in real life when you shine a flashlight at a red ball the light that comes off of it is tinted red right in certain in the shadows and things like that and so like it's basically the computation of doing that um this technology has been around for a long fucking time and the fact that it is not here, even in 2009, that technology had been there. Sure. But Pixar had been using. But to tell our audience it's been around for a long time is a bit deceptive. That's in fair. the grand scheme of things. Ray tracing is a newer technology. You're starting to see it. And the reason you might have heard about it recently is because it's getting implemented into video games more regularly now. Yeah. It, it's comma, but in the industry, mm-hmm. in the work at the time, it's something they could have done and chose not to for some reason. Yes. Just to put it in perspective. The first film to use ray tracing or the first animated feature to use ray tracing was cars. That was in 2006. So six, seven, eight, nine, like this is Disney who owned Pixar. But would cars have been done in production by the time they were post producing this? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Because cars was probably in post. I mean, was they were already using that technology in yeah, 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 2004 fair. when they started doing cars i just want to say that like it, it it makes it obvious that like yes they went with something that was not what pixar was doing which is what they should have done yeah and honestly it's worse for it because yeah. this really these characters don't look like they belong in these scenes well, we're getting this big opening scene which is very you know it's a flyover shot it's establishing yeah. we're seeing scrooge move through the streets and interact with people and how inter- people interact with him and you pointed it out early on and, and it all but ruined the experience for me. The, the depth of field on exactly. some of these shots, everything was clear and polished and detailed. And everything was sharp. And yeah. It, and that's and not how, that's not how a camera works. <laughs> no, when, when, especially on real things, especially for a movie that is trying to go for verisimilitude. Yeah. Yes. And, and like, there's, there's a reason why Pixar didn't do humans for so long yeah. because it's, it's hard to do. and, Yes, the mocap was excellent. You know what I just realized the people in this movie look like? Hmm. They look like the fake human in Monsters, Inc. that's in the bed at the beginning. Yeah, (laughs) they kind of look like the guy off of Jerry's game. Oh, yeah. But no, because even he looks better because he's uh, he's exaggerated and stylized so that you you break a little bit. Because it's not even that it's Uncanny Valley in this movie for me. It's that they get they uh, I don't know. 
some of the things are realistic, but a lot of the characters are not like Ebenezer is, is weird. Lanky has these really exaggerated, grotesque features. He was the least of my problems though. I, but I feel like that was the point. Cause they knew you were going to be looking at his face so yeah. much and everything else kind of fell by the wayside. No, they, they definitely did. It was, they, they paid most of the attention to him and everyone else was just sort of like, uh, had a nice, beauty filter put over the top everyone else was was like colin firth got stung by a flock of bees it's not a flock <laughs> of bees but you know what? he comes in and like a that's clearly colin firth but he looks bloated his face looks blown out of proportion the chin precedes him by like five minutes <laughs> yeah. and it's the most butt a butt chin has ever looked Holy to me shit yes all as he blows in the door and it legitimately looks like he just walked into a beehive on his way in yeah and needs a benadryl this is ridiculous what is happening here Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Bah, humbug. Christmas humbug? Uncle, you don't mean that. Merry Christmas. What reason have you to be merry? You're poor enough. What right have you to be so dismal? You're rich enough. Humbug! Don't be cross, Uncle. What else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this? Merry Christmas. The other thing here, too, is that, like, the the hair is bad and nobody's uh, hair move well it's done well but it doesn't move and that's when you realize that it's bad right because it looks like it's a helmet that's on everybody and yeah. yes there are moments where you've got close-ups where like his hair is moving but it's very 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 rare yeah. and again monsters inc came out before this yeah They've, it's like they decided to like start over and they're like you know what fuck everything pixar's <laughs> done we're gonna do our own thing we're doing it our own way and guess what they don't exist anymore <laughs> Yeah, we'll get there. Um, yeah, it's it, all of it. I didn't realize why. I don't know why Bob was so short. This is the first time I've seen Bob Cratchit displayed as a short person. I mean, Kermit was short, but like, that's because Kermit's he's short. He's a puppet. <laughs> he's short because he's a puppet, Clancy. Because someone's got to cram their hand up there. That's why. <laughs> I know, but like, it make it, that sells that that relationship between them, right? Like, yeah. But, but this just seemed like people don't vary that much in it seems like they thought tiny was a genetic thing and maybe bob would have been tiny bob in his youth just like he's got tiny tim but his wife was tall well i mean that explains the giant spider that crawled out (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there my goodness um and i again i need i haven't reread the text in any deep sort of uh analytical way in a long time and maybe that's something that's in the text i just don't remember but we get to um you know, all of these shenanigans and then finally Scrooge is walking home and it's dreary and bleak and all of this gets stretched out a little too long. Yeah. You know, all of this sort of like scene setting and world building. And when he finally gets to his front door, which generally happens a lot faster in any other a- adaptation of this film. Because, yeah, because it, it feels almost insulting. It's it almost feels like they like they are trying to really sell that Mr. Scrooge is a terrible person. We know that. Right. This, We've this, seen this story before. We don't need to see your version of, of him being a bad person. I, this movie just didn't seem original in any sort of sense. Like none of the storytelling. That's felt, what you have to do. Right. With I, the story. I need something new. I need something that like twist a character. Do something. Yeah. N- this was very much. They read Charles Dickens's A, a, a Christmas Carol and then just put yeah. it on the screen yeah. and then added a bunch of long unnecessary shots now to their credit generally an adaptation of a christmas carol is almost a one for one of the original text it was a story like i said you could find it online um but 
his original writings of it still exist. It's not very long. It's like of what, 56? I think we count it 56 page yeah, handwritten 50. story. Exactly. So generally, yes, you can do a one for one and you get a little bit room for interpretation. And, you know, the Fezziwig scene is always a big bonkers thing. That's a, a big visual kind of feast. Um, I just, yeah, I, they lost me. Like when, when suddenly the door knocker changed, usually that's a much gr- more gradual and slower change. But in this scene, yeah. It's like a ghost out of Ghostbusters. A little bit. And it, and again, ectoplasmy. It's too sharp. And it yeah. just, it just felt like none of it felt real. And I know that it's not, I know that it's animated, but like the whole point of this, and especially with Polar Express, the reason, the reason why people liked that so much is because they spent a lot of time on the mocap and really making sure that like yeah. it, the, the character seemed expressive and fit. Here, I don't I don't know what happened. I don't either. I feel like they spent real time in him climbing the stairs though. Yeah. Like because they needed to pad out the, the runtime of this film. It was it, it was a little bit painful. And then we get to him in front of his fireplace, and that fire looks like Calcifer in Howl's Moving Castle. Oh yes. Like, oh my was, god, yes. It was it it was such bad 3D animation that it looked <laughs> like good 2D animation. And honestly, I would have been here for that. I would have been for a like 2D, 3D esque like again if this all looked like wood it. wood carvings and yeah. had a little bit of like, um, sort of like uh, static electricity almost movement to it, like a uh, mild freneticism. Yeah, what am I thinking of? A scanner darkly is that the movie where they did the cell shading on top of it? Yeah, they they filmed the entire thing and then they and then they animated over the top of the film. I almost would have preferred that approach for this, which is honestly what they did for Roger Rabbit. Like again, oh, yeah. there are things that pres- that that are precedents for this that for whatever reason it just felt like they were like you know what fuck that we're gonna do our own thing and maybe it was just that they felt they were able to execute polar express and 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 that was a sort of success that like they felt that okay let's just apply it to this this has been done so many times and unless you're doing something like muppet christmas carol where you're adapting it in a certain way in a certain way that really challenges the text great but that didn't happen here no Marley shows up and until then Scrooge has just been whispering for 20 minutes. Yeah. And then Marley shows up and all of the sound goes up to 11 literally. and ghostly and clanging and Scrooge is still whispering. Scrooge whispers through most of this film. Yeah. And it bothers the crap out of me. Yeah. I, the, the audio mixing in this was just kind of odd. It's Skywalker. That's who did it. So like <sighs> you'd feel like it would be uh, at least okay. But like even on our surround sound setup, which is set up for, you know, a, a yeah. theater sound, we were not getting like it was it was very hard to hear the dialogue. And when bells like, would start happening, it's well, like, yeah, what he's the like fuck? sitting at the at the fireplace, living that bachelor life, mumbling to himself about his food. <laughs> you know, that house smells like smoked B.O. and old cheese. Ugh. And then all of a sudden, those little tiny bells just start ever so subtly. And then he's got a ghost in his belfry and it's ringing up the goddamn street.
He runs to the window after Marley leaves and suddenly all of London's being haunted by sad people exactly. who cared more about money. What the fuck is happening? This feels like a Ghostbusters prequel at this point, <laughs> the way that this all looks. You know, that would have been more fun. Honestly. It would have been more fun. Who is the? Who is it for? Why is it there? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I've never seen an adaption of A Christmas Carol that's had a scene like that with all no. those ghosts. Like, I, I, and I, even, and I thought... For the longest time, I thought, oh, no, they couldn't get Marley's eyes right for some reason. And then they actually look at Scrooge at the end. And I was like, OK, that was a poorly executed gag. Yeah, because like they're moving independently of each, of each yeah. other. It's just it, it's it's kind of And speaking of gag. Then we get the whole thing with his jaw falling open and the as he's talking to him. And wait, yeah, I hate dislocated jaw talking. That is it's kind gross. of a turn into comedy almost. That's the thing. There are points where I think Jim Carrey was either hamming it up a little bit and they were keeping that in which is fine to an extent but it needs to be consistent it does because the theme or the the theme of this but that also wasn't jim carrey that was gary oldman that's true but it, and there are other points in, in it where jim carrey kind of it, it throws in a joke or like you know a quip or whatever yeah that's just kind of like it takes again it takes me out because it's like oh right that's jim carrey playing it great right well anyway let's move on we're already a half hour in and have so much more to do. Yeah, for sure. First, Scrooge is visited by the uncanny ghost of Christmas past, who takes him back in time to relive his lonely childhood in boarding school. The spirit then shows his younger sister, Fran, Fred's future mother, and his relationship with her. Scrooge later began a successful career in business as an employee under Fezziwig, and he became engaged to a woman named Belle. However, the ghost shows Scrooge how Belle left him when he became obsessed with wealth. A devastated Scrooge extinguishes the spirit with his candle snuffer cap, and is rocketed back to the present. Okay. I literally sang, screamed, this is not okay, when that candle came to life. That candle jack looking motherfucker is the creepiest fucking thing. Usually, this is a little child, more often than not, a little girl. Um, mm -hmm. In the Muppet one, it was that creepy little girl puppet. This is scarier than that was. Yeah, and it... it uh... Thanks. I hate Candleman. Like I absolutely do. It, it's uh, it was unsettling. And I mean, if that's what they were going for, great. You've accomplished it. But but I did not like it. Yeah. Like it was it, it just was weird in the way that it was uh, the way that it moved, the way that the, the candle could focus light for some reason. Yeah. Like it was just weird. I, I mean, at least with the Muppet in the Muppet Christmas Carol, like, yes, the girl doll was uh, was a uh, ethereal or whatever and would like but they did that thing would, where they laid the film over the other film so that there was that yeah but you know and the light that was generated from her was very like you know uh emanating this yes. this was like it had a flashlight yeah. attached to its head that it was like independently moving it was just weird yeah absolutely choices were made here that were vaguely connected to the text and i just think they went in the wrong direction yeah. i think Candle as an interpretation is one way people do this, but this is not, this can, was, can we talk about the candles voice? Because I swear oh to God, God, it sounded like parcel tongue. <laughs> Good heavens. I was bred in this place. I was a boy here. Your lamp is trembling. 
And what's that? Oh, on your cheek. I think something in my eye. Blindfolded. More, more of the whispering. All of the environmental stuff are like special, like, oh, magic's happening. Super, super loud, but I'm going to show you your past. Ebenezer, take with the touch of my hand a flick of your nipple and you will fly into the past. It's almost like an English Bjork. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you think that's the prop? That was the mechanism to Jim Carrey. He's like, so I, I'm thinking like B- Bjork, but from England. But, yeah, well, yeah, and you're not doing Bjork per se. You're doing someone impersonating Bjork yes. who does have an odd northern accent. Yes, very good. There we go. Um, it was All of it was just bonkers. It um, was. The young Scrooge looked like Gollum in a wig. Oh my god. Like just, but, but with like a silly putty for skin. Yeah. All of it was... Well, I guess it's just because how decrepit that Scrooge looks like at the beginning of this film and like Honestly, he never gets any better. Like it's I, I'm talking about the character model. Like no, no, no. it literally just looks like fat Gollum in a wig. Oh, for sure. And that, that's what I'm saying. I feel like they were trying to also make it look like that, that, that it's believable that he would grow up into the gangly creature that he is now. Like, Which I, I guess know. is also why they gave him pimples as a teenager. Cause puberty was not kind not to teen crunch. Scrooge. And not let me kind. tell you that acne looked disgusting rendered on this odd putty ah. flesh. And even his sister who's supposed to be like a source of joy. She mm-hmm. looked like a little creepy doll. Like I just, I'm none. I, yeah. I did write down here. You know what I miss? The songs. <laughs> <laughs> True. Cause it, True. honestly, just, it's just so this movie is a downer. It is, and it, I mean, it's supposed to be so that the end is so uplifting and it's all about spirit of Christmas and whatever, whatever. Um, and like we talked last year with Leah, I want to see like a high horror version of this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that would be effective. This was not that. And um, I just like the people that did the Krampus movie. Can you guys please do this? Something. Thank you. We get that smash cut to Fezziwigs, um, which is great because we get this immortal line about Scrooge's young relationship with his friend uh, Dick. <laughs> Yo-ho! Ebenezer, come on! Dick, come on! Dick, come on! Six o'clock. We're going to be here, sir. Dick Wilkinson. Bless me, yes, there he is, Dick Wilkinson. He was very attached to me, was Dick. (laughs) 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 Yes, homie lads! No more work tonight! It's Christmas Eve! Hooray! Oh, he was very attached to you? (laughs) Dick was very attached to you, Abby? Little Abby? Always had dick attached to him. You oh nasty my, bitch. My God. Um, Fezzy wig uh, is doing the flip. That's reminiscent of uh, Eddie's final performance in who frame Roger rabbit. The way that he bounces around looks yeah. very Zemeckis. Um, it, and all of it. I was just like, Oh no, Oh no, that that's not a human being. That's like Mr. Fig from the kids books. Um, what is happening here? Yeah. It, it, uh... 
All of the people in this scene were too bouncy for this realism, no. and the lighting was god awful. There were no shadows. Like again, the people didn't they spun feel- that bitch up in the air. This didn't happen in real life. Yeah, the people didn't feel like they belong in the scene. Like nobody was. Everybody was floaty. The camera movements in this. I get it that like the whole thing is supposed to like it's supposed to be whimsical and and sure. joyful and. and- it's a hundred percent mocap. I understand like what they were trying to go Bob for. Bob Hoskins didn't do that flip. Don't tell me that. Yeah, right. That's not mocap. You're a liar. Well, no, no, no. I, I'm talking. Well, no. At the all of the performances were mocap. Now, mind you, the characters doing these stunts are probably not them. Fair. But like, but the the same thing is is that it, it's it's just these weird sort of disconnects. It's either like they're trying to go for realism, but then everybody is squishy and bouncy for some reason in yeah. some scenes. And again, it just people don't feel like they belong in the space. They don't feel like they, they are like sausage casings filled with bread dough. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> have you seen that? Uh, what is it like that picture on Twitter? Where it's been going around about the Beyond Meat sausages that are all like squished in the, in the they look like little dicks that are in the in the package. If I remember, I'll I'll, I'll link it in the. <laughs> Dicks like that. <laughs> Merry Christmas, folks. I hope you're enjoying this with your family this season. If I if I can find it, I will will link it in the show notes. But, oh my god. But, yeah, it, but that's but that's dicks. what like that's what they kind of they're just it's bouncy, it's gross, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It is. And and again, it's like that one mm-hmm. game from um, Taskmaster where they ha- where they're poking each other blindfolded and they have to guess whether it's a finger or a sausage. <laughs> yes, it's just like <laughs> oh that. Oh my god! Twenty something Scrooge looks like Matt Smith is the doctor. You put a fez on him and make him say bow ties are cool, and that's what's happening here. Yes, and and uh, again, I I don't understand why like, they made him look like as old as he is. I don't know. Well, I think it, I think the implication is that his greed is aging him prematurely to a degree. Sure. Um. Yeah. And then he gets fed up with the candle, as it, and rightly so because it suddenly starts morphing to all of the faces that we just saw, and yeah, suddenly no, I'm I, having I would an be odd like, body horror moment, I'm wanting sorry, to leave the room. The power of Christ compels you. Get the fuck out yeah. of my place. And so he crammed that megaphone on it and went off on a jolly ride through the sky. Me back. Haunt me no longer. I thought that we were about to have like Ebenezer in space and I was going to be like, okay, now this is the turn that I was waiting for. <laughs> this is what I was waiting for something Ebenezer different. On the moon. <laughs> Ebenezer meets aliens and then and realizes that, oh, aliens aren't greedy. And then, and then doesn't become greedy. I, I don't know. That's at least that would have been more entertaining. It certainly would have been unexpected, unexpected in there a good go. way. Yeah. <laughs> Next, Scrooge meets the jolly ghost of Christmas present who takes him to Bob's house, learning that his family is content with their small dinner. Scrooge sees tiny Tim Cratchit, whom the ghost comments will likely not survive until next Christmas. 
As the ghost slowly begins to age, they next visit nephew Fred's Christmas party, with Fred insisting they raise a toast to Scrooge in spite of his cold demeanor. Arriving in Big Ben, the ghost warns Scrooge about the evils of ignorance and want as Big Ben begins to toll midnight. So we get Scottish Jesus on a pile of presents slash giant Christmas tree. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that was look a upon hole. me, for I am Scottish Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. My God. It it just. Yeah. And that was in caps. Is this supposed to be Jesus? It's just such a weird choice. And does he have too many teeth? He keeps opening really wide. And I just think, oh, that looks like too many teeth. When he becomes a spoiler, when he becomes a skeleton, um, it does look like it's the right number of teeth, but the okay. teeth are fucking huge. Yeah, fair enough. So we get into, you know, the the spirits magic here, 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 there, whatever. It's basically a haunted mansion room scene, like with the stretching and the boinging and the and the swinging around. It's clearly a three D wank that was too long and not at all necessary. Well, it, also, part of it was like, did, was Disney wanting to like do a ride based on this, and like this was going to be the way that they were going to be able oh, to do like, it? Oh, like what if they did like a haunted bottom. mansion overlay of Christmas Carol? That would work. Or have a ride where it's like soaring, where you're effectively like you could literally throw that over the during the holiday season, do something. Anyways, it was just kind of weird. The other thing, and this is again where I kind of noticed the the focus thing. Ghost of Christmas Present drops down like a part of his robe, which he says weirdly. Oh, touch my robe. Part of the robe comes down, like the, the little, uh, the drawstring comes down. Everything in the room is sharp. Yeah. Uh, the we rope like is sharp. We started picking it apart. And, and, and Scrooge is sharp. Like there needs to be depth because I don't know what to look at here. Yeah. Like all of it just looks, it's too busy. And because I'm looking at everything, then I'm starting to pick out its flaws. And if they really just focus on making Scrooge and the things in focus look the best, they could have blurred the fuck out of the backgrounds and yeah. it would have looked great. And even in 3D, you have to use that focus in order to pull people's eyes back and forth between things. Yeah. So they go flying over London from this weird room. It's very glass bottom boat situation. Yes. Um, Which is a choice. Again, there's a moment where they pause over a snowball fight and Scrooge's face is just like, yeah, hit that little fucker. Like he's just so <laughs> the intensity on his face. Because again, it's one of those things that they're, they're drawing out time. This needs to be feature length. He really wants the he really wants this child to get knocked off the roof by a goddamn <laughs> snowball. Yeah. Um, then we see St. Paul's Cathedral off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suddenly realized that from our vantage point, we're hovering over Cock Lane. Yeah, Josh's favorite street in London. <laughs> Lee and I stared and stayed in Cock Lane when we were there. I mean, um how could you not? How could you not? There was an Airbnb on Cock Lane, and it was just that same exact position and distance from St. Paul's Cathedral. <laughs> This is the same trip where Leah went and laid out in front of the hospital that Sherlock jumped from, like his dead body. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You guys are weird. We are. We're fucking weirdos. <laughs> um, but th- there's this there's a part where the ghost conks him on the head. No, 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 
there's father coming. Oh, hide, mother. You must hide. <laughs> hide, mother. <laughs> <laughs> and that felt very reminiscent of Scrooge, where Carol Kane is hitting Bill Murray on the head in the same kind of yes. scene. You know, because they're outside of the his worker's house or whatever. They're on the fire escape. Oh, look. There's Mr. Hedgehog. I wonder where he's going. Perhaps to Harlem. Oh, my jaw. Oh, sometimes the truth is painful, Frank. Uh -huh. But it's made your cheeks all rosy and your eyes bright as stars. If you... Touch me again. I'm going to rip your goddamn wings off. Okay? Oh, you know, I like the rough stuff, don't you think? Yeah. And she starts beating him over the head with like a toaster or something. I don't know. Um, but it's very that. I, I, I wasn't sure if that was an homage or if it's in the text. Because, again, I haven't done a close read in a while. Actually, no, I feel like that's exactly where that's coming from. And honestly, I haven't seen Scrooge in a long time. And now I want to go watch that because I need to wash this out. It's so much better. And it's got titties. It's got tits. Just full frontal boobs in the beginning. Well, hey, you know, it wouldn't be our <laughs> podcast if we didn't talk about boobies. Right. Um. So we go to Cratchit's house where they're, you know, doing their whole meager dinner thing. And Cratchit's late. And they're like, oh, no, one of our sisters, one of our many children can't come. You could look, I know you're not Catholics because you're not <laughs> at church on Christmas. Right. So nothing's stopping you from wrapping it up or pulling it out. I don't mean to be the same eco-fascist that Scrooge is by saying we need to reduce the surplus population. I'm just saying, Bob and Mrs., you got yourself into this mess. Yeah, and we know it's this not like because, they're getting tax breaks or anything like that. And no, exactly. <laughs> and you know, the daughter is actually their surprise, and tiny tiny Bob Cratchit is suddenly. I had a flash from like an animal planet show where a trap door spider was popping out to catch its prey because his, his daughter is giant and he's tiny. All right, where's our Martha? Uh, not coming. Not coming. Oh, not coming upon Christmas Day. Here I am, oh. <laughs> We got you, Father. I couldn't bear to see you in a state of disappointment, dearest father. If only for a giggle. Oh, it's so lovely to see you, my father. <laughs> Come on, Timmy. Uh, I, this is the, the body horror for me. Like, why? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not to be morbid, but like the mortality rate was pretty low for children. So like, or pretty high for children. So like, so how it's probably one of those. Kids survive? But that's what I'm saying is that they were like, they have oh, they to pump them out because yeah, they didn't know enough. if they were going to survive. Well, and so they needed extra sense. hands around the house. Yeah, you know. Labor, but seriously, that girl that coming stuff. out of that closet. <laughs> imagine me coming out of a crawl space, just all arms and legs and terror. Exactly. I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. And honestly, again, it would have been more exciting. Bob Cratchit then has a heart attack. Yeah. Like that would have been at least a break from the story that would have at least been like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, this is this is crazy. Very yeah. So then we go to Fred's house and yeah. this party's happening mm -hmm. and it looks like an Assassin's Creed cutscene. Yeah, like that's that's the quality of because you've got so many people that they're trying to render realistically. But everybody just like everybody was built on the same model and changed certain ways. Um, fucking Fred's chin enters again five minutes before he does. <laughs> I mean, yes. It's almost like when they added more characters and more complexity into it, like maybe they were against the wire in terms of the way that they were rendering and like they had to reduce the quality in order to like get those maybe. scenes out. But like literally it just didn't, 
it doesn't look very good. And again, no. video games nowadays, like, yeah, if this was a cutscene in a video game, like even for one that came out today, sure. Yeah. It would be passable. But like, we've come, I mean, I, we've come so far. No, we had already gotten there. We'd they already, just decided yeah. to reinvent the wheel. I and just, I don't understand. I don't and again, either. I don't understand why. And Fred is so aggressive when he wins the game. Oh my God. But it could just be that he still looks like he was stung by a hive of bees. <laughs> like it could just be like, whoa, whoa, dude. Oh no, sorry. You're not being intense. You're just swollen. Exactly. Jeez. I do want, there's another thing that I don't understand. And, and that is like these children running through, like they were running past that, like the, bakery or whatever that was cooking everybody's uh uh birds oh yeah and, and pointing out that they could smell the goose oh yeah can you does goose have a specific smell i i don't know i mean i'm sure it smells mar- markedly different from beef cooking or pork or especially at this period in london you would know what real bird smells like as opposed to other I protein guess, yeah i guess that's true and they knew what they were getting i guess yeah so like there was a bit of inference that was happening okay well maybe that maybe maybe that but makes i don't know what sense. goose smell like right what what's what's a goose smell like my, i don't know what my goose smell like that's my the new t-shirt and what what's a goose smell like <laughs> <laughs> oh man what we need is just like um sort of a a shag stylized version of you with a word bubble as yes. a dry erase board. So people can just write in their favorite Clancy quote. That would be, that would just be super, super saying cute. things and hoping people are listening. Um, did I have anything else for this? Oh, the, um, the little zombie children under oh, fuck futures cloak. This always gets interpreted in different ways. I don't think they did this creepy in the Muppet one, but I can't remember in college. I don't remember them doing that in the Muppet one. You, you're right. They may not have done it. He might, it might've just been a line, yeah. but in college, um, our ghost of Christmas present was when the first time we did this while I was there, um, played by a black woman, a, yeah. um, and she was a delight, but we actually had t- two small children that were done up like little ghost zombies under her cloak that we like secreted under there for this scene. Yeah. Um, but these little creepy bastards, my goodness, they were just the, the one who's just like gibbering at Scrooge and calling him names. Yeah. Oh, man, look here. Look. Look. Down here. Are they yours? They are man's. This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Them well, what, what did they what purpose did they serve well again it's in it's in the text i showed you the original i know, I know picture, you did but like ignorance like these are the things that will be man's downfall ignorance and want but why why did we it, it doesn't service the story i and it, maybe this and this is kind of i almost have a problem with the original story and this if that's the case sure it doesn't it doesn't really it seems like such a left turn for the the ghost of Christmas present, which is supposed to be showing life as of today. Yes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's morbid, what, whatever. And but. what are, I mean, he throws Scrooge's words back at him a couple times. Are there no prisons? Are there no poorhouses? Yeah, it is a problem of today. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's just uncomfortable for you to acknowledge. It is, especially because it, it's still a problem today. I don't know where the story was, but it used an image from this version of a Christmas Carol 
yeah. complaining about the story being too woke because <laughs> it denigrates capitalists, basically. Um, it's like, the, yeah, this story is literally over a hundred years old. If you still have a problem with it, the issue is not the story, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Anywho, shall we? Yeah. Oh, well, j- my last note here, um, it, as, as he's aging, it looks like the scene where Gandalf purges Sauron's, um, <laughs> influence from yes. king aomir or whatever yeah. um it very as as he was sort of de-aging i was like uh, i leaned over to clancy went you have no power here gandalf the gray like it was just and then the rest of it looks like american mcgee's alice like that's where we go yeah did you ever play that game no it was the creepy alice in wonderland yes great game loved it i think they tried to reboot it a couple of times anyway um, I just, it, it's like, oh, okay, right. Now we're getting darker and creepier. I don't know. But. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing to note here is it's like, this is all taking place in big Ben, but like, this, oh, yeah. this just well, seems this, like a yeah. black void that they're in that has the vagueness of a clock behind them. Well, I don't know. It was just a magic. little, I, yeah. it's ghost magic. I know, but like it's, it's real impactful uh, ghost magic. And I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, but shall we? Uh, we shall. All right. The ghost of Christmas yet to come arrives and takes Scrooge into the future. He witnesses a group of businessmen discussing the death of an unnamed colleague, saying they would only attend the funeral if lunch is provided. After being chased across London by the ghost, Scrooge recognizes his charwoman, Mrs. Dilber, selling the stolen possessions of the deceased. After learning of Tiny Tim's death, the ghost escorts Scrooge to a cemetery and points out his own grave, revealing Scrooge as the man who died. Realizing the consequences of his actions, Scrooge decides to change his ways just as the ghost takes on a reaper-like appearance and forces him to fall into his empty coffin, lying in a deep grave that sits above a vortex to hell. Okay. Yeah. Um. They gave up on skin and clothing textures, uh, but they made sure to get the guy using his snuff in, because that's yeah. actually in the text. But these, these, these gentlemen look like they are straight out of an Assassin's Creed game, don't look anywhere like the rest of the folks. Yeah. It's so, it's so, weird. I don't know if it's that they're more detailed in some ways, mm-hmm. but there was, I did not clock as detailed fabric choices mm-hmm. or skin texture choices as we have seen up to this point. Perhaps I'm it just seemed, trying to find things no, to pick apart. It seems rushed. It seems like they were, they were, uh, they focused a lot on, on a, the cities that they, the city that they built is very detailed. Oh yeah. And, and very, and very big. Like yeah. it seems like they spent a lot of time on that. They probably prioritized what was getting rendered and how. Probably, it, but this was just yeah. Again, it doughy looking faces. Because something tells me all of the scenes that were made up of whatever was in the trailer, yeah, probably looked the best. Probably, yeah. And and again, there's it, it's it's sort of weirdness, especially for this being only one company that's doing the 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 three D for this. It yeah. should be consistent throughout. Like this isn't like a Marvel movie where right. you've got 1800 different VFX companies doing different scenes. And yeah, you'll have a scene like in black Panther where the, the in Wakanda, it doesn't look very real. And there, there are issues with that, but there are other points of the movie where it looks pristine. It and still perfect. looks cohesive though, which For none sure. of this mm, right. overall, I think objectively you can say this does not look as cohesive as films like that. And that's because the decade everybody notwithstanding for sure. But the other reason being because it's one company trying to do it and they're prioritizing 
things. And again, it, it feels like it, they were rushed. Yeah. And if that's the case, that sucks it because does. they could have done better. And speaking of, we noticed early on in the beginning when it was snowing, that the snow wasn't settling on people or Scrooge even. I don't know if we mentioned it, but yeah. it's something I noted a couple of times. Mm -hmm. It makes sense because he's, you know, ethereal that no snow is falling on him in these scenes. But then it doesn't even collect on the street. On the ground. Nothing. It, it, the, the snow feels like they, they threw a layer on in front of the, the, the character and behind the character. And it doesn't interact with the scene in any sort of way. No. The only time that it does is when we're whooshing a camera through at the beginning of the movie. That's the only time that the the the, the snow actually feels like it's a part of that yeah. world. The rest of it just looks like they just still it has it already there. fallen and is being interacted with, like the snowball fight. Exactly, and, and the snow and in the Polar Express, from what I remember from the trailers of the of that, looks like it's being manipulated and and like actually interacting with sure. it. So the fact that again. It just seems like that was an afterthought and like they just were trying to put it on. Yeah. Ugh. That said, this approach to the ghost of Christmas yet to come where it's literally just his shadow that sort of changes. That feels fresh. It I did. don't know that I've seen that take on this before. Mm -hmm. And I liked that until the shadow became 3D and started to look like something out of a video game again. Right. It looked, yeah, it looked like, okay, we've got a boss fight or something coming yeah, out. Yeah, like, a big glossy bony sausage is coming out of the wall to Something like you. out of like Silent Hill, or like, you know, like yes. that, that esque type of like Very the Resident Evil, mm -hmm. like that kind of like sleek grotesqueness. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's overtly shiny. Sinewy. Yeah. Those horses. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah, it, it started to lose me. This is where I had, what? oh, hey, more 3D gimmicks during the chase scene. For sure. The chase scene, which was all too long. Like, there and was no reason. And not justified in the text. No, it wasn't. And, like, he shrinks down at one point and is, like, going through a drain pipe. And then, again, there's, like, this weird, air, like, comedy it's moment. Because, because he's got the little squeaky voice here. Because he's so small. Talking like it's porridge or something in there or whatever, which it's not. It's shit. But, like. This, pudding. Christmas pudding. It's somebody's Christmas pudding. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they, they literally threw their feces into the river. Like you don't have to tell me. We just don't have to talk about it. I know. I know. I know. Uh, it, Why you always got to bring poop to the show, Clancy? All of these like little, and then we get these, you know, the scenes. It's just really crappy. Okay. <laughs> it's really crap. My God. We get these scenes of, of a, the men talking about, you know, Th this mystery man's death you get yeah. the person that's looting we're not stupid we know this is scrooge well sure but it's i know it's that that's that what we the, don't know. i know that's what the text even is even in the story it's not that we don't know it's that scrooge doesn't know right but i don't believe it he doesn't i don't believe that he doesn't know that that's him mm. you know what oh, i mean okay. you know, and like fair. and they don't sell that at all they don't try to make it seem like in a muppet christmas carol it it does to a degree it, they don't it separates a bit yeah they they separate it out a bit they they don't it's not directly 
like they're literally talking about a funeral and they're talking about how this guy is a terrible person and about, Oh, they may not, if they're not providing lunch, I'm not going to go because he's such you a, know, it doesn't, a Scrooge. The, di- the dialogue yeah. and the scenery doesn't sell it enough for you. I think because that chase scene was too much. It was, they did all that rather than spending time on grounding on, on at least making me situation. believe yeah, that yeah, yeah. like, I got you uh, that Scrooge was making that turn. It, it, the, the reveal just, there, there wasn't a reveal. Like it didn't feel like a reveal to yeah. Scrooge. It didn't feel like that. You, you from your viewing of it was that Scrooge what knew from the start and was denying it the whole time exactly. as opposed to learning from it. Okay. Yeah, and, no, I can see that. And, 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 and even in a Muppet and not, not to bring this back, but this is one that we did, but in a Muppet Christmas Carol, when we had, what's his name that was playing him? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine um, was, uh, the story took a very somber turn at that, in that part of the movie. Um, and I believed that he was hurting. I believed that he, he had, had seen the error of his ways that he, but that, yeah, when he sees his own grave, I didn't need to have this whole sequence of uh, almost comically of him falling down this empty pit into hell. Yeah. Like it was just too on the nose and just too like, laboring truly yeah yeah. well and well just before that happens because there's one thing that i was weirded out by before we move on to this next bit when they're at the cratchit's house and everybody's sad because tim's dead this is another thing that we're learning um and a the scene of cratchit and ebenezer effectively staring each other down an inch away it was uncomfortable and in my head i could smell the bad meat Mm -hmm. um just on their breath uh, but also they spend all this time talking about, you know, I'll go by and visit him every Sunday. And it sounds like they're talking about Tim's grave. Yeah. But then Bob goes upstairs and there's a silhouette that looks like Tim is still dead in bed. Yeah. I didn't understand that. I, I mean, other than if I, unless I just maybe they couldn't afford to bury him. Maybe that's the idea. Like they were too. Well, then why to is he taking that? too long to get home? Because he's going to say bye to Tim. If Tim's hiding out upstairs decomposing. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess it no, makes me want to no, go back and look at it. No, uh, what I think it is, is that he is visiting Ebenezer. I think for whatever reason, he feels like he owes Ebenezer something. I, no, I still. don't think that's correct. I think you're pulling that out of your ass. <laughs> well, uh, I, that's the only thing I, I can that it can explain that he would go by his grave because he was the only one that was close to Ebenezer when he died. But that's. I don't know. I don't know. I know. I don't because I because the point of that scene is to show Ebenezer that Tim has died. You went to die then. Yes, my dear. I wish you could have gone. If it done, you could to see how great a place it is. You'll see it often. And I promised him I would walk there every every Sunday. Oh. My little child. My little child. Robert, please don't be grieved. Please, Father. I'm all right. I'm, I'm quite at peace. It seems like Bob is walking by where his grave is going to be, okay. waiting to see if it gets ready, uh, or waiting, waiting for it to be ready to then take Tiny Tim there. So he's mm. doing that every day until that happens, and then he'll go every Sunday. Uh, oh. I think that's I think that's the implication again 
Imagine all those people, all those Shrek looking people, not literally Shrek, but like the humans in Shrek. Exactly. When we were, we just kind of went back and rewatched it behind the curtain a little bit, but like, yeah, it looks like Shrek characters. Rubbery. Yeah. And like, that was supposed to look like that. Well, it's grim (laughs) as fuck that Tim is upstairs and I've never seen that interpretation. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. I, I, I didn't like it. Waking up in his own room on Christmas day with love and happiness in his heart. A gleeful Scrooge decides to surprise Bob's family with a turkey dinner and ventures out with the charity workers and the citizens of London to spread happiness in the city and later attends Fred's Christmas dinner where he is warmly welcomed. The following day, he gives Cratchit a raise. Cratchit states to the viewers that Scrooge becomes a father figure to Tiny Tim, who escapes death, and Scrooge now treats everyone with kindness, generosity, and compassion. This is the first time I think we saw Scrooge's hair move when he's sketching behind that uh, horse and buggy. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. That it was, was, but even then it was only moving in chunks. Yeah, it was not, it looked, it looked like spaghetti that was on his head. It's, again, it, it's not, it didn't look very good. And, and no. again, Monsters, Inc., again, predates this. Yes. They did hair. Like, these, these problems have been solved. And they just decided that they didn't want to do that. Yeah, it just, it looked like spaghetti. It just didn't look very it didn't again it didn't look very good it no it didn't. rushed and like whatever and also this turn that scrooge is now this happy-go-lucky guy literally scaring his housekeeper and the housekeeper's like this this man is gone insane yeah yeah and- yeah Dear Mrs. Dilber, you're the loveliest creature I have ever laid eyes upon. Dance with me, Mrs. Dilber. Dance with me. Oh, Mr. Scrooge. What else? Oh, he's completely deranged. Ah. What a charming woman. Honestly, she's the only one that I was like, yes, he has gone insane. Something is wrong. Thank this you. man has yes, woken up absolutely. the next day and is completely different. He should be committed. Well, I don't know about that. But he should go see a therapist. Something. He needs to go sort his shit out. And a night's worth of that with is- a human rather than a spirit. For sure. <laughs> with humans, for sure. Yes. That's where I'm at. They didn't finish modeling these carolers either. The Rubenesque woman looked like her <laughs> eyes were about to roll out. My God. Yes. Like she looked when she looked scared because Scrooge walked by. I legit thought, oh, no, those eyeballs are going to pop right out of her head. Yeah. Because she doesn't have eyelids to keep them in. What is happening? Yeah. Uh. They also sort of explain, and, and I had the same issue with, with Muppet Christmas Carol, where the time jump that they had oh, yeah. with the ghosts. They sort of explained it a bit here that like, it, it he just with the one off experiences it as three days. But it was just one night. Yeah. And that's, that's the idea behind yes. it. Yes. Which and makes even, sense why he's like, what day is it, kid? And like, it's Christmas day. Oh, yes, this all course. happened over one night. Okay, great. But the thing about all of that magic and whether it was a dream or whatever, mm-hmm. that I don't know that this I've ever seen it as verified as there. Maybe it is always like this, but Scrooge watch walking in on the game of 20 questions mm-hmm. exactly in the moment when he would have been named means that the magic that he experienced is legitimate. He was legitimately seeing a head into the present of Christmas. Yeah. Because he literally then physically corporeally walked into that moment mm-hmm. after having a lovely, you know, little chat with, the housekeeper or whatever, who's also, by the way, working on Christmas day. <laughs> yeah. Which is, and didn't tell her to go home. Yeah. Fred didn't send her home. He didn't be like, Hey, uh, maybe, maybe Fred didn't home. say we can cook for ourselves or we can serve ourselves. No, no, no. Fred's still 
you know, a fucking bougie. Yeah, no, these rich people. These rich white people. Rich white people. (laughs) Here we are. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, it it, is. Yeah. I like the turn. The the ultimate resolution, the final moment in the counting house was nice and well executed until that scary tiny gnome of a Bob Cratchit turns those lifeless eyes on me and starts reading the final passage of the story. What the fuck? Who gave you the right Bob Cratchit? Why? What? This is not. Cause you know what? I'm never going to forget that oddly rendered goblin face of Gary Oldman going and Scrooge was more than good on his word. Ah! Why? Okay. So like generally when you have a narrator that is a character in it, that we haven't had a narrator, right? Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Ferris Bueller stay out the entire movie. He is turning to the camera, but the Christmas Carol, well, it's Charles Dickens and his friend Rizzo turning to the camera. camera, Yeah. And Scrooge was better than his word. He did all that he said he would and more. And to our tiny Tim who got wealth, Scrooge was like a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city ever knew. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. And so, as tiny Tim observed... God bless us, everyone! Why is it okay to, at the end, address the audience as if they were there the whole time is as, as if this was a normal thing through the entire movie he could have just done it as marley or even it could have been the ghost of christmas present so just an just as a vo as a vo seeing him go through the streets it would have done the same thing and it wouldn't have creeped me the fuck out yeah i wouldn't have pissed myself at the end of this movie Ugh. goodness and also money solves everything literally like all all that we're learning here and is that oh I can just throw money at the problem and suddenly this kid doesn't, doesn't die. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was not long after this. It was like, Hey, maybe kids shouldn't die because they're poor. <laughs> what a novel fucking concept. Pretty much that final little drawing of Scrooge with tiny Tim mm-hmm. and that sort of like woodcut style. Yeah. The movie should have looked all like that. Yeah. And it could have still been 3d, but it had at least those sort of textures on it that yes. were like kind of move. That would have been better. hundred percent. Because again, I mean, it probably technically is the uncanny valley that I'm having the bigger problem with. But I think that just means in this day and age, uh, uh, why didn't you try harder? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like we can get past it. I feel like we're used to seeing 3D modeled humans now such that if you do it well enough, it doesn't creep us out. No. And, and again, you can still be stylized. I mean, you look at anything like uh, Inside Out or whatever. Yeah. Like. Yes, the features on those characters are exaggerated and like whatever, but like but that wasn't the point with this. The point wasn't to be cartoony. They wanted to get across verisimilitude, you know, reality, realism. But then whatever. what the fuck did they do with with Scrooge? Yeah, I don't know. Literally, the de aging in Marvel films is better and more realistic than anything we saw in this. Hundred percent at a two hundred million dollar budget. Two hundred million dollars. Yeah, and it did not recoup that domestically. It didn't. It did it in it did it worldwide. It got three hundred and twenty-five million esque uh worldwide. Um so I mean it, it made a little bit back, but it was it was still not considered a financial success. Not, we'll not at all. Uh, critics were not feeling it. 
Yep. Uh, it's 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. A.O. Scott of the New York Times said a branded piece of shiny seasonal entertainment and gave it a four out of five. That's the strongest positive one. I can Yeah, I don't find. know what A.O. Scott was doing because that's that's n- nah. n- n- I don't, Michael I- O'Sullivan uh, lines it a bit more up where I'm at. It's uh, a heart warmer that doesn't have much heart itself. Yes, that. Yeah, it's like in the end, you're like, yeah, all right. I yeah, it's it, Christmas Carol did what Christmas Carol needed to do, but it's devoid of something. I don't know. Ugh. Keith, you look from time out. He, he said that the biggest surprise is, uh, is that Zemeckis uh, is so often in thrall with his digital palette that he uses it to freshly illuminate the time honored text. Hard disagree. Yeah, same. And that's in 2011. Like what? It, uh, I, yeah. I don't I don't understand why that again it's it's not good that said the performances are all solid jim carrey played four distinct characters yes great yes well and three and a half you can't really call the ghost of christmas yet to come much of a character performance For when sure. it's literally just played in and, shadow and the mocap was okay yeah the deleted scenes we'll talk about these in a minute too but like you can see where they overlay the mocap they're 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 doing the thing. The performers did the thing, and I just let's go down to these viewers. Let's. This yeah. is a little more my speed. Danny S. Uh, in December of two thousand nine, so in the release window for this, said the normal crap that Disney pushed out for Christmas. Yes, hundred percent. Two thousand ten. Uh, two thousand ten. Lauren. Uh, this F. is again uh, two months later. Yeah, Lauren F. Kind of stupid, but I had to see it with school. <laughs> and and she put C. Uh, it, she didn't have time C. to write all of this. Yeah, she she put the letter C instead of C. Yeah. So I don't know what they're teaching at school. But I like, know a Lauren F. I wonder if this was her. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, December 20th of 2010. So uh, a year after its release, Mike P said, I really hated this movie. Not the story. He wants you to know. <laughs> the sur- and again, he likes the tale. I agree. There Sam. are versions of, of A Christmas Carol that, was Mike that Pence? are good. It, uh, <laughs> All right, so to the trivia, Disney partnered with Amtrak to promote this film with a special <laughs> nationwide train tour starting in May 2009 and visiting 40 cities, finishing in New York in November. Okay. Why? I don't know. Because of a carryover from a Polar Express deal? Must I, have been. I guess, but there's no trains in this movie. None. Uh, in the United Kingdom, it topped the box office on two occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first uh, first one it was open, and the second was five weeks later when it was leapfrogged. Uh, the to the chart toppers for 2012. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the first was when it opened and the second was five weeks later when it leapfrogged the box office toppers in 2012, the twilight saga, new moon and paranormal activity, despite uh, family competition from nativity, another Christmas theme movie. That's nativity with an exclamation point. Yeah, nativity. <laughs> nativity. Then, yeah. This is where you could talk about image movers because due to its poor box office performance, image movers digital was later shut down by Disney and reabsorbed into image movers. Like it had been broken out as a separate company. Yeah. And this was their death knell. <laughs> yeah. More like image movers. Uh, dismal. Like <laughs> nonsense. So just to talk about image movers digital, just a little bit more. The idea here was, is that they were doing things with mocap that were, technically impressive but this movie very much seemed like okay this formula worked with uh and kind of to a degree the the uh polar express got about 56 percent on rotten tomatoes as well sure had the same issues with the characters weren't really lifelike and that the story was sort of padded so yeah, yeah it's it still it, loved it though it suffered the same thing but at least it was 
uh, technology t- technologically interesting. Yeah. Um, in that, like, it was fully mocap, whatever. They had built this whole thing around it and that they were now trying to churn and out. And that was a big part of the marketing campaign for it, too. For sure. They were trying to churn out another movie using the same formula uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, five years later. Yeah. Um, Because Polar Express came out in 2004. This was 2009. Yeah, we heard you do the math in real time. I understand. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just... <laughs> math is hard. Um, the uh, it, it seems like that's what they were doing. There was kind of a parallel to like when J- James Cameron did Avatar. They sure. were using this virtual camera system where like the whole thing, A, was mocap, but the camera was also tracked in real time. They could compose everything in that. And that was what they were going to use to do all the other uh, um, Avatar films. Mm. Well, they didn't do any Avatar films until next real time. 2022 is when the next one's coming out. They've been filming it for a minute. It's been a long, it's been 10 years. Yeah, I know. But like when, never mind. So the point that I'm making here is that just because you, you you make a technology that you can't just immediately go and apply that. Now the virtual camera has been used on many other types of movies. Yeah. But the fact is mocap, same thing used on a lot of things, but you can't just churn the same thing out all the time. That's what Pixar. That's why Pixar looks as good as it does. Every Pixar movie is building on their engine. Every time they're doing yeah. a new movie, there is some new technological thing that they are trying to accomplish with that movie. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes them look that much better you go look at the first toy story yeah it kind of looks like shit but it still has a good storytelling good and it acting still looks better than this and it still looks better than this and that they were not using ray tracing and the lights were all like pin pin lights like yeah. you know what i mean like there wasn't global sorry global illumination wasn't really used a lot global illumination global illumination <laughs> anyways that's that's all i'm gonna say about this uh I, i'm i'm glad that this trend's stopped because Disney has done a lot more that looks great. Oh yeah. Um, but like this, yeah. And unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) I guess that kind of sums up Clancy's like in the notes, our next thing is final thoughts and banter and Clancy's exasperated sigh probably just, uh, zips that right up quite neatly i mean i don't usually we try to find something positive to say about the thing yeah i don't think this is anybody's favorite version of a christmas carol yeah i don't think this is anybody's favorite jim carrey movie um i mean yeah there's just better watch scrooged watch the muppet christmas carol watch the mickey the mickey mouse the the other dizzy's done this story five or six times i feel like yeah any number of those is fine i Jim Carrey did the fucking work though. All of the people, all of the performances, Bob Hoskins did the fucking work. Like, yeah, that's, it's not on them. It's not. And on the off chance that any of them uh, were to stumble across this, I don't want them to feel like I'm denigrating their work. Well, and and it's like like Josh, you were talking about in the deleted scenes where they were overlaying their, Oh, don't watch the deleted scene. No, don't watch it. But we did watch one. But they overlaid the like the mocap, like their faces, the the, the actual yeah. image of the mocap, um, on top of their like, previs. previs or whatever, and you can tell that Jim is really trying to eat up the scene and really, it, really emoting and really honestly putting through his best performance. He's going for it, and it's funny because like he's literally chewing up the scene because it's a it's a scene cut from a restaurant that would have been in like Scrooge's trip home where he has dinner somewhere else before coming home before coming home to have dinner out of the pot 
I don't know. That's why they cut it. It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see Jim Carrey shovel something into his mouth and he's, it's a whole thing there. I just, I wish it would have come off a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, truly. And again, at least on something different, like that's, with something like this, it's like with Shakespeare. It's like with the quote unquote classics. You've got to have something new for, for me to give a shit. Yeah. Because there's, <laughs> there's a degree of you can but again, who the fuck am I? Right. <laughs> sure. But, but that's, but that's, that's exactly the point. Like you, nothing about this seemed interesting to me. And especially like leaving this and it having such a sour taste after it and being like, okay, yeah, I get that this was trying to be as faithful as to, to, to the source material as possible but that's not what movies are. No. You're and and especially when you're trying to retell something, if I've already heard the story, why am I wasting my time? Right, give me a reason. Yeah. And it better be a good one or else I'm going to spend an hour and 20 minutes bitching about it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's I mean, all I have. It is what it is. Um if you want to hear us bitch about other stuff, I mean, we don't do a whole lot of bitching, but you can head over to patreon.com/makingmischief We've got bonus episodes over there and you can get yeah. extra content from all across the mischief media network. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at non plus pod. Same for Facebook. Yep. Same for Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, where should they send us a note? If they want to suggest something for us to watch, they can do it at uh, submissions at non plus pod.com. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can send us anything that you want us. To what else about. should they do? Clancy. Uh, they can also rate review and subscribe to us Yes, on, on your podcast platform of choice. Exactly. Uh, we love those help us as always game. The algorithm as a Christmas treat to us. If you haven't rated and reviewed us, uh, preferably in a positive light. Um, that's a free Christmas present. You can give to us, uh, as thanks for the, uh, hours and hours of shrill, uh, belligerent content that we've provided you yeah. in the past. <laughs> and if, and if you've done the thing where some people that we'd listen, like, you know, of, of our audience have heard that some people like to watch the movie before listening to, uh, listening to us talk about it. Oh yeah. Um, you know, sound off in the, in there about how much you hated this movie as well. By all means, <laughs> by Please. all means. Alrighty. Oh, well, we won't see you until it happens. So to those of you who celebrate, have a murmur mur Christmas. Um, if you don't celebrate Christmas, uh, happy holiday of your celebratory uh, preference choice. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy your time off if you get it. If you don't, I'm sorry. Enjoy time with your family if you like it. If you don't, enjoy time with your found family. If you don't like people, enjoy time with your cat or your book or your video game. Mm-hmm. We just hope that here at the end of 2021, you're finding some time to, f- to help yourself be joyful, at least for a moment. Yeah, for sure. We hope that and wish that for you. You will hear us <laughs> one more time before the end of the year. Uh, we're going to have one more episode before we go on our uh, annual hiatus. Um, so, yeah. Uh, happy holidays, y'all. That yeah. over there is my husband, Clancy. Over there is my <gasps> husband in a green shirt, Josh. Oh, and we are nonplussed so nonplussed oh boy we're up with this movie this movie though oh no the silly putty people of silly putty industrial london silly putty people (laughs) where have you all come from uh all right Bye. bye
because due to its poor performance, uh, box office performance, uh, Image Movers Dismal was. Ima- Image D- Movers Dismal. You. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, due to its poor box office. I'm not even drunk. It's okay. Remember, you can get $20 off your first box of booze boosters from Shaker and Spoon with the code NONPLUS. Just go to shakerandspoon.com slash NONPLUS to get your $20 off today. Add some personality to your potions. And some spice to your sauce. Ew. 